Okay. Uh, Matthew chapter number five is going to be our text. We're going to actually start in chapter four. Matthew uh, four, if you'll join me there. <clears throat> We've really been working at this passage. Um, I told you up front, I'm not sure how we're going to preach this Sermon on the Mount, whether it's going to be big chunks or if it's going to slow down at times and cover just a verse or a couple verses or, or what we're going to do. And, and so I've just really tried to stay sensitive to God's leadership. And so we have really been working at uh, the section where Jesus <coughs> was saying, it has been said, kind of what's floating around out there. Jewish rabbis were saying this, saying that, and, and really what they were doing is they were making God's law easier for them. Well, look, we need to know we do not have the authority and therefore we do not have the right to modify God's word, his standard to suit us to make it easier for us. Um, Jesus, he wasn't into that. And he's correcting their thinking. All right, so Matthew 4, just right quick, it, it ties into what we're going to cover. In verse 23, Jesus went, out, went about all Galilee. So that's north of Jerusalem. Um around the, obviously the Sea of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the, what does it say? People. Jesus loves people. And you're one of them. You're a people. <laughs> you're a person. He loves you. His fame, it says, went throughout all Syria and they brought all, brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers, diseases, and torments, and those that were possessed with devils, and those that were lunatic, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. And verse 25 says, And there followed him great, what does it say? Multitudes of people from Galilee, and from Decapolis, and from Jerusalem, and from Judea and from beyond Jordan. So I, I believe that statement makes it very clear that there are both Jewish people there, religious Jews and non-religious Jews, and, and, or secular Jews, or at least those that were nominally uh, religious. And, and then you had the Pharisees and, and scribes that were there. And I mean, they're the religious elite. And then you also had, I believe it'd be safe to say, Gentiles, Greeks, um, non-Jews. So you have a hodgepodge of people, races, ethnic groups. All right, so chapter 5, verse 1, seeing the multitudes. He went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them. So he's not at this point teaching the multitude. He will, he'll preach to them. But right now he's teaching his, his church that he started and he's, he's teaching them how to reach the multitude. Blessed are the poor, the humble. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
He talks about righteousness and how their righteousness needs to exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Verse 21, he says, uh, you have heard that it was said by them of old time. And in verse 22, he says, but I say unto you, and he's, he's going to say that six different times. One time he says it about murder. Another time about adultery. They found some loopholes and they said, well, if it's not somebody's wife, it's okay. Or if you just look, it's okay. Jesus said, if you look with lust in your heart, it's, it's wrong. It's adultery in your heart. It hath been said. Uh, and then he deals with divorce. And verse 31 and 32, verse 33, he deals with oaths and basically saying you ought to, you ought to be trustworthy. Verse 38, we covered last week when he talks about how that you have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. They've get, they're going to get what's coming to them by me. I will seek revenge, saith me. <laughs> but I say unto you, Jesus says that you resist not evil, but whosoever, I'm reading verse 39, whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. In other words, it's not your place to retaliate. When you're injured, insulted. I don't think he's talking about, you know, not defending yourself and safety. That, that's not his point. We covered that last week. I don't have time to preach it today. If you, if you need some help there on all that, if, if you're struggling with revenge or retaliation, then maybe listen to last week's message and that'll save us time here in this setting a little bit. But he said, when, when you're compelled to go a mile, go another mile. Stop counting paces. In other words, set your own self aside to serve others. Boy, how much of our life would be fixed if we would just stop being so selfish and serve others? Well, all that plays into our text today. Verse number 43, with the multitudes in mind, the multitudes of people in mind. Would you please pay close attention now to verse 43. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor, and hate thine enemy. Okay, let me just help you right here. That is, that last part is nowhere in God's Word. They made that up conveniently. Because they had a bunch of them. I'm talking about Israel. They still have a bunch of them. Enemies. But I say unto you, Jesus says, I say unto you, love your enemies... Bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Why? Verse 45. That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. He's not saying this is the way you get to be a child of God, but rather this, that people might identify there's a child of God. There's a child of the Father, which is in heaven. Notice this, verse 45. For he, the Father, maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, he, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? Almost said republicans, but no, the publicans the same. 
And if you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? There's a key question in this passage. What do ye more than others? I'm asking you today, what are you doing more than what the world's doing around you? What do ye more than others? I believe it's expected of us to do more than what's going on in our secular society today. What do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans the same. Do the publicans so. Be ye therefore pretty good. Is that what Jesus said? Boy, I wish that's what he said. Be ye good every now and then. No, he said this, be ye therefore perfect, mature. Be ye perfect, whole. Be ye perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Folks, listen, unless you have reached the state of perfection, you need this message today. If you have not reached the state of perfection, which you're here, so you haven't, we all need it. What hath been said, this is part four, what hath been said versus what is written. The Father's love in a world filled with hate. The Father's love in a world filled with hate. Even if you disagree this morning, I, I ask if you would please hear, hear me out today. Would you? Would you do that? Um, would you just hear, hear me, not me, the Word of God? And wherever my, wherever my preaching differs from the Word of God, you go right here. But I've made it my effort to try to just follow right here and expound on it, what it means, and apply it. The Father's love in a world filled with hate. God, one more time, I just want to pray right quick that you'd help. Bless your Word as only you can use it. We need help right here. I know we do. in visible ways in our world. All of us do, dear God. We've not reached perfection. Help us, God. We need to mature so bad. Regardless of what the multitude is doing, Lord, you are speaking to your disciples. So help us to get it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. I appreciate it. I've probably said more than I should have while you were standing, but here we go. Racial tensions are nothing new. They're not. Racial tensions are nothing new. People of all time have been rather selective in defining who is their neighbor. The Egyptians did not like to eat with the Hebrews because they despised them as filthy shepherds. Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because he had married a woman of Ethiopia whose skin was darker than theirs. Now their skin was darker than most of ours. But they were critical of their brother Moses because he married a woman of Midian outside of their race. Ruth was in a precarious place because she was a migrant worker from Moab. Jonah, well, you know Jonah. Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh because they were bloodthirsty people. And they were. I mean, they were brutal. 
Uh, I'd have a hard time explaining in this congregation what, what the Ninevites would do to people. I mean, just savage brutality. And so Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh <clears throat> because uh, he didn't think that they deserved God's mercy. He became the judge, jury, and he sentenced them to judgment. Haman, Haman built gallows to hang all the Jews. The woman at Samaria as well said, the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. What are you doing? He's, she was speaking, by the way, to Jesus, who was a Jew, who was speaking to her, a Samaritan, half Jew and half Gentile, a mixed race. Greek widows, the Grecian widows of Acts chapter 6 were saying, hey, well, I don't know if they said hey, <laughs> but they said, hey, the Hebrew widows are getting better treatment than what we are. Why were they saying that? Well, they, in their minds, they were thinking they're getting better treatment because they're Hebrews and we're Greeks. That's not right. Peter, Peter. Peter, who God dealt with and, and God called him to go to the house of a Roman centurion named uh, Cornelius. And, 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 and God knew that the hard-headed Baptist preacher needed uh, a, a visual illustration. And so he three times gave him the same message. You think I'm redundant? The Baptist preacher named Peter, like this Baptist preacher, and all, preacher often needs the same message over and over. And God showed him three times that he was to eat everything that God made there for him. And so he can now eat bacon. That's a blessing. And he said, mainly the lesson was this, don't call unclean what I have called clean. He's, he's saying to Peter, Peter, I know that it is against uh, your mindset to go into the home of a, of a Gentile, but, but it has always been the plan of God to save all people. The only reason that he chose the Jewish race was to bring the Messiah into the world and the scriptures into the world and, and the, the plan of salvation, of course, into the world so that all people might be saved. I'm telling you, from Genesis to the book of Revelation, it is very clear that really this, I know I've said this probably a hundred times, but I'm going to say it again, there really truly is only one race, and that is indeed the human race. And God just chose this people group known as the Jews and set them apart to himself and told them not to eat certain things that were on the menu, not necessarily because these things were dietarily, although there's some things on that list I dare not eat. Anyways, anyways, but the main purpose was this. He had to keep them distinct as a people group so that then he could work through them, do you see? Because table fellowship means that you are in agreement with whoever you're eating with. And so he said, I've got to keep you separated so that I can use you to reach everybody. Are you following this so far? He called a man named Abram. Abram means exalted father. Abraham, you, you put the the ham on the end of that, and ham means people, and, and so he's the father of many people, the multitudes, and thus our kids no doubt may be saying today, I don't know, but Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Amen. Amen right there. You say, you're not a Jew. No, you're exactly right. I am, I am not a Jew. I am a Gentile saved by the grace of God, saved as much as any Jew was, saved as Paul was, as Peter was, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and so anyways, Peter was sitting with some Gentile believers, but then he got up 
And he took his tray over to the other table where the Jews were sitting. Why? Because some higher ups from Jerusalem came and he didn't want to be caught sitting with them. It was a matter of race. <laughs> My boy came in today, Trenton rode the bus, just kind of helping out. A lot of people gone. He's 12. He's wanting to work on a bus. We're just kind of holding it back a little bit, you know, and but he worked today and he said, man, dad, we had a great time and had some kids on there. They were hilarious. He began naming their names. I can't remember all of them now, but, but uh, you know, they were some black children, some young men, young women. I love it that my 12-year-old boy is understanding this. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. Church ought not be a time of segregation. Because there, there's not a white church and a black church and an Hispanic church and a native church and this kind of church and that kind. No, not what Jesus intended to set up here. I'm thankful in this congregation we've got some Native American people that have some heritage in their background. Just yesterday I did a, uh, a funeral service for, uh, for uh, Brother Cecil Fillmore. Chickasaw, actually I've got, some, believe it or not, some Chickasaw in my heritage. My, my dad's grandmother was named Bigham. And that's, it was a Chickasaw background. So anyways, I'm, I'm just kind of glad to be here in Oklahoma. And, and, and so there's that co connection there. But I, I'm thankful. Hey, listen, the, the fact that, that, that God saves you does not change uh, your skin tone or your heritage and those things. But in Jesus Christ, we're all equal. Amen. I'm a bluegrass American. Amen. What do you mean? I was born in Kentucky. <laughs> That's where I'm from. I can't hide that. It comes out every now and then, right? Sure. I'm thankful we've got people here, you know, that have an Hispanic background or, or, or uh, some that are from Africa. I've got some of my uh, friends here. Just, it's, a wonder, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. Some Filipino people here. Do you love chicken adobo? You should. Do you love poncet? You should. I'm telling you, what a blessing. I'm so glad. I'm so glad God is so creative. And that we all don't look the same. Tyler uh, coming through basic training, you know his name, Gaddis. He got in with, uh, he got in with uh, uh, Garcia and Gonzalez and, and, and uh, Gallardo and, and, and these names. And so when he graduated, we gave him a, a gift, a card, you know, a congratulation card in Spanish. <laughs> Love it. Loved it. I love, I love watching. One of my dad's closest friends while he was in the Marine Corps was a man named Richard, Richard Rocha that, that as they were there in California. I'm so thankful. Hey, listen, friends, the matter of race does not have to divide us unless we're selfish and proud. Um, I read in the book of Revelation that <laughs> there every tongue, every tribe, every uh, people, Every nation, evidently even in, in, the, in heaven right now, nationality is there. And there, if you, hey, listen, if you're prejudiced, you're going to have a hard time in heaven. Well, by then you won't have the sin nature, so you won't be struggling with that. But here's what you ought to do. You ought to get used to it now. 
Because gathered around that throne is every tribe. I wonder what that means. Well, it means exactly what it says it means. It's wonderful. Jesus um, was ministering, as we've already read, to people of all different types of backgrounds and and, and he's reaching all kinds of people. And he knew that his disciples were going to be reaching all kinds of people. And he knew, he knew that we tend to be geocentric. All right, come on, let's be, let's be honest. When you look at a map of the world, what do you look for first? The United States of America. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that because I am, I am proud to be an American. I am thankful to be an American. I'm grateful to God for that. Are you following me? I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that unless I think I'm better than somebody else from another nation. Unless I think that the best Christians in the world have to be Americans. Oh no, my friend, listen. I believe there's some Christians in China that would outshine us. Are you following me? And, and some Christians in other places of the world that, that we maybe will never hear about and they don't have to be American to be a good Christian. But we are geocentric. We are ethnocentric and meaning that, that we think that we are superior to others. We naturally think that way and God's got to help us to think otherwise. The Jews certainly thought that way and, and, and he knew that Peter would struggle with this and he knew that James and John, I'm talking about James and John, the sons of thunder who when, when the Samaritan village did not receive Jesus, they weren't hospitable to Jesus as he was traveling through. James and John said, shall we call lightning down on them? Well, there's your beloved John right there. He had trouble with race. He had trouble with prejudice. But God helped him through that, didn't he? I'm preaching today. I realize I may be preaching to the choir and everybody else. I, I realize that. I, I realize I'm looking around and maybe you don't have a problem with race. Maybe you don't have a problem with prejudice. But I think if you're honest, I think we all do. To one extent or another. Or used to. And that's the point, actually. When God changes you, Everybody listening? Nobody's checked out. Nobody's gone to lunch yet. When God changes you, he changes you deeply, radically. And people you never thought that you could love, you love. Now, let us be clear. He knew that they would struggle with how they'd been treated. He knew they would struggle with personal insult. He knew they would struggle because they would be beaten and injured. It'd be easy because of being beaten like that and abused like that. It'd be easy for a little bit of hatred just to get right there in the heart. <clears throat> if you've been abused, you know what I'm talking about and, and how that there could be some hatred there in your heart. And, and, and yet God, Jesus is teaching us here that he wants us to love people like he loves people. How did he love you? Did he love you only because you were perfect? Let us be clear also about this. He, he wanted them to love people without boundaries, but he also wanted them to love people without compromise. This whole mentality about love is love. Hey, listen, you don't find that in the Bible because love that disregards doctrine is not God's kind of love because Jesus loved the scribes, the Pharisees, the religious people, but he despised their doctrine. Could I say it strongly this morning? He hated their doctrine because of what their doctrine did to people. 
okay? So Jesus, Jesus doesn't get us all together singing kumbaya with people that don't believe in salvation. He does not do that. He does not, he does not compromise doctrine because for the sake of love. No, that's not really love. That's fear. And not being willing to stand for truth. Love is not with compromise of doctrine, nor of personal holiness, nor of God's standards. He did not allow their prejudices or their hurts to modify his word so that they got to determine the boundaries of their love. I'll love these people, but I'm not loving th these people. Sorry, it's just where you sat this morning, okay? I'm not loving these people. I'm not loving these people. I love these people because these people are my people. Glad you're my people. I love you. I hate you. Sorry. <laughs> I hate you. Why, why do you hate me? You're not my people. Does this make any sense right here? Uh, is this... Did this end in Matthew 5 when Jesus preached this? I'm saying to you today, you cannot be a Christian and be racist. You cannot. You cannot. What are you saying, preacher? Are you saying somebody can't be saved? No, saved people struggle with this. So you can be born again, but you're not living in light of your new birth. You're living in light of your old birth. All right? The word Christian means Christ-like. Okay, let me just ask you, was Jesus racist? Absolutely, teetotally not. Not at all. He's not at all. You cannot be Christ-like then and be racist. Okay, let me broaden it because this is not just, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting to the text. Because you say, is racism in this text? Oh, is racism in this text? Big time. It's what's driving their interpretation of it. All right? So that's the reason I'm taking so much time of it. And don't get nervous for whatever reason. <laughs> you cannot be Christian and hate people. You can't say, well, I hate him because of what he did. I hate her because of, that's not Christ-like. You can hate what they did. Hey, watch this. I hate cancer. I hate what cancer does to people. But I don't hate a cancer patient. Are you following me? There's a distinction. Of all the six areas that we've covered thus far, we certainly need to cover this one. Not that we didn't need the other five. But given the complexion of our world, I realize we're not on a mountain. And I realize we may have people here who are lost that are not saved. And we earnestly desire for you to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior because He is the way, the truth, the life, and no man cometh to the Father but by Him. There, there's not a way of salvation through Buddhism. There's not a way of salvation through Islam. There's not a way of, of salvation through Judaism. That is the Jews' religion and how that they were works-based. There's not a way of salvation there. There's not salvation in being just a good old-fashioned American. 
So I'm, I'm preaching today to the church. I'm preaching today specifically to Southwest Baptist Church. Because if we're not careful, we can allow the world's mentality to get into ours. And we stop caring about people the way Jesus cares about people. Kids are singing this morning, red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in His sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. And that's not just a song that, that, a, that children ought to sing. It ought to be one that adults sing too. Where did all the races come from? God. You know what I mean by races. I'm just talking about the different nationalities. If you read uh, Genesis, we all go back to Adam and Eve. And then ultimately we all go back to Noah and Mrs. Noah. And Ham, Sham, or Japheth. We go back to one of those three, I guarantee it. We all come from there. So, we all be brethren. In terms of humanity, see. I, I love what Martin Luther King Jr. said, he, as he said in, the, in his outstanding and famous speech when he said um, this, you know, the dream, I, I have a dream speech. He said this, I look to a day when people will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. That's awesome. It truly is awesome. The content of the character. It concerns me today that I see a rise and that you see a rise, I'm talking about in society, of white supremacist groups. That ought to concern us. It concerns me. It's alarming to me that, I, that I'm seeing, Brother Ted, some, some Nazi symbols. Uh, it, it's alarming to me that that's on the rise. But it's also alarming to me that, that the, the racism goes both ways, as the mayor of Chicago says that she will conduct only one-on-one -on -one interviews with people of color. You can read that. I read it in the Wall Street Journal. It happened about three weeks ago now, and... And that's, that's what she said. Well, that, that's a racist statement. And that's going on in our society. So it's going from several angles. And I want to be clear today, I'm not here to try to solve all of society's problems. In fact, I'll be very honest with you, I cannot. But I'll tell you what, Will, if we'll just take a healthy dose of this right here and we get it into our way of thinking and we begin to see people for the co content of their character, not the color of their skin, hey, I'm telling you, that'll revolutionize things. And, and oh, mercy. And if there's any place people ought to be able to go and to see what God really intended, it ought to be right here in His churches. Look there, you've got, you got people from all different kinds of backgrounds. Uh, you've got people from Oklahoma and Texas getting along. That right there is a miracle. Preacher, are you saying that love your enemies even means that I have to love Texas fans? Even pray for them. I pray they lose. I, I need to hasten here, no doubt, to say this as well. There's tension beyond race. Immigration. Gender. Sexuality. And because we believe the Bible and its clarity on the matter of two genders, we're looked at as haters. But friend, listen... We're not haters. We're those who love. And, and we're trying to reach those that Jesus came to reach. And, so, and Paul said, some of you were effeminate. 
Some of you came out of a homosexual lifestyle and way of life and choices. And hang on, wait a minute, just, just think about it. He also said some of you were fornicators. Some of you were adulterers. Some of you were drunkards. Is Jesus okay with fornication? Is he okay with adultery or drunkenness or, or drug use, and et cetera, et cetera? Is he okay with any of this? By no means. And I say to you, based on that, then neither is he okay with homosexuality because it denies the image of God. It's an attack. It's an affront on the very image of God that he created them both equally in the image of God, male and female created he them. I, I'm telling you, we got to stand there. We ought to do it lovingly, but without any kind of compromise. related to the tension of Jews today. And it's related to Islam. I just drove past the largest mosque, second largest mosque in North America in wherever I was in Michigan. Rockville, Michigan. I think that's right. Where the high tower. It's about a quarter of a mile or half a mile from the church. Massive. God calls us to love people who have a Muslim background. He calls us to love terrorists. I just listened to the audio version of a book of a man who lived his life trying to reach Muslims in the Middle East. Fascinating book. Do you love Muslims? Do you love the people? I realize that those that were terrorists in 9-11, here we are coming up on the 20th year anniversary, 20th anniversary. They're in eternity now. But do you love their families? And do you love others that maybe right now in some remote cave or mountainside in Afghanistan or in some other remote place in Iraq or Iran that they are currently being trained from childhood to give their life in Sri Lanka or in the United States or in Israel. Do you love the people that represent Hamas and other terrorist groups that are in the area of Israel? How do you feel about them? Are you, are you following what I'm saying? Preacher, how can we love them when they did that? Does Jesus love them? Okay, let me get a little bit more personal here. Those are societal issues. Do you love someone who's hurt you? Could be an ex-spouse. Could be a difficult person. There are a lot of prickly people in this world, right? Could be somebody you work with, could be somebody in your family, could be your spouse. Can your spouse be your enemy? 
Well, they can feel that way at times. Today's our 23rd anniversary. I'm thankful for that. She's not my enemy for clarity. I don't want to be adversarial to her. But you know, every now and then I can act that way. Can't we all? You love your parents. You love your kids. Do you love your wayward kids? You love your grandkids? Do you love your, <laughs> I got an oh yeah, <laughs> amen. <laughs> I was around some grandparents this past week and they very quickly brought out their phone to show some pictures. Oh yeah, that's good. What about some that have disappointed you though or hurt you? What about a grandson that's robbed you blind to support a drug habit? Now right there, that's where it gets tough, isn't it? We tend to go into self-protective mode and we tend to harbor hateful feelings. But this morning, um, if you desire to be his disciple, he's got a different course of action for you. And, I, and I'm not saying that you're going to be around him all the time and everything's going to be like it was before the hurt came. Hey, listen, that's not reality. That's not reality. And regardless of how they handle things, you're not responsible for their actions. You're responsible for your own. Just like when we leave here today and we start driving down the road, I can't control how the other people around me are driving, but I, I can control how I'm driving if I'm not crowding people off the road. You've got to do the same. Here's what we tend to do. We tend to love those that love us, we tend to love people that are just like us. Is that right? We love those that love us. That's easy. You know what Jesus said about that? The publicans do that. The, the, uh, and, and you can see the way he used the term. He's saying even the worst sinners in our society, because they were robbing people blind out of their money. They were criminals. Most of them. He says, even the criminals, even the publicans are shaking hands with other publicans. Here's what I want you to do. Go and greet somebody that you just soon avoid. Friends, um, isn't that exactly what Jesus did? He didn't go around Samaria. He said, I need to go here. And I need to meet up with this Samaritan woman. And talk to her about her soul. It's exactly what he did. Because he taught us by his example. I know that it's being said right now, love your neighbor. But they added to it, hate your enemy. Well, if, if they'd read their whole Old Testament, they'd say things like this. If your enemy's ox is in the ditch, help it out. That's not hate, that's love. There'd be many other passages there that, in fact, Solomon, who no doubt they love to quote in other areas, said this, if, you're, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. You may heap a coal of fires on him. Yeah, I like that part. Scorch him. No, that's not what he means at all. That's not it. 
They struggle with this. I'm talking about the Jews struggle with this because they basically were asking this. So who is my neighbor then? Okay, so I get it. God says, love your neighbor. Did you notice I didn't say love as yourself? I kind of left that part out too. Um, love your neighbor as yourself. So then who is my neighbor? Jesus told a story. You know what it was. A man traveling was beat up and left for dead. And a priest came by and a Levite came by. But it wasn't until the Samaritan came by. When Trenton was real little, he thought the teacher was talking about the good American that came by. But it wasn't the good American, it was the good Samaritan. And, and Jesus was using that illustrated message to say, listen, you need to broaden your definition of who is your neighbor because your neighbor is any human being. And every human being, you can't, you cannot say, well, I'll love these people because they're nice to me and they're like me or they're of my race. That's what the Jews were doing. They were saying, and what they did is they defined neighbor as fellow Jew. You check it out. It was, it was in all their literature. It was in all their terminology. Their min mindset was that I'll love my fellow Jew, but I will hate the Romans and the others that are out here making life hard on us. And so they were prejudiced. They were bigoted. They were racist. And Jesus said, if you're going to be my disciple, you're going to, I'm going to send you. Is everybody listening to this here? I'm going to send you into all the world to preach the gospel to every creature. What does that mean? Creature. Part of God's creation. Now I... When I started preaching as a 15-year-old uh, boy, I don't think me weird here. <laughs> you just find anywhere to preach when God called you to preach. And part of my congregation at that time, we had uh, a barn with horses and, and stalls full of horses. And I'd stand there in that barn, and man, I'd let them have it. <laughs> Every creature, he said, Right? But I just, I just found, I preached. I didn't know what I'd do if any of them got saved and had to baptize them. You know what I mean? But just kidding. Just totally kidding. I mean, think about this. Jesus is saying, I'm going to send you as my disciples. And I'm asking you today, do you want to be his disciple? Do you want to be his follower? No, 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 no. Wait, please don't tune me out. Oh, I hope no. But did anybody leave? I got to make sure we still got everybody right here. Hang on. This is so important. Do you want to be his disciple? I'm not asking, do you want to be my disciple? Do you want to be the disciple of Southwest Baptist Church? Do you, do you want to be the disciple of, of, of this group or that group? Uh, I mean, there's so many groups in America. You decide whose disciple you are. But do you want to be his disciple? And if you want to be his disciple, he will send you to go to people that are not your skin color, that are not of your financial portfolio. Either, either way, he may, you may be uh, lacking funds. He may send you to knock doors in a place that's very affluent. Hey, listen, will you be his disciple and just love all people? If so, you've got to bless those that curse you. And those that despitefully use you and bless and curse not and pray for them. Hey, you know what will help you say, preacher, okay, I get it. I, I, I don't know that you need to say any more about this because I, I get it. I know I'm supposed to love everybody, but how? Oh, there you go. It's only when the guide inside moves in. The Holy Spirit of God who loves all people that will stir you up to pray for all people, even people that have hurt you or people that are different than you. I'm he'll 
cause you to pray and to love people you never thought you would love. I'm telling you, that's, that's what he does. And, and you can't hate somebody that you're praying for. I'm talking about legitimately praying for. And it's not going to happen in one day. It's not going to happen maybe in one week or one month or one year. But as you become his disciple and you let him teach you, he'll cause you to love all kinds of people. All kinds of people. So that people will say this, I see your family resemblance. I see who your father is. What are you talking about? That's what Jesus said. That men may know that you're of your father, which is in heaven. Okay, when we, we, we went to Tyler's graduation, we came and met some of his fellow soldiers. I remember distinctly a group, we went to eat at a restaurant and some of them were there and and some of them, some of them said, uh, you look, <laughs> they said to Tyler, oh my, you look like your dad. Especially now since his head is shaved. I mean, it's like, you know, a lot more so, right? Well, they were saying, you look like your dad. And Trevor and Trenton, you know, look a little bit like me, more maybe like the Decker side. Anyway, you know how that works. You look like your dad. Okay, if you're saved today, can somebody say about you, your love is just like your heavenly father's love? Who causes, I like how it said it, his son, the one that he made, he made that son to shine on good people that are trying to do right. And he made that sun to shine on people that got wasted last night. Can you believe that? If it were up to us, I think we'd take some of that sun and you're out of line right there. Here's what he does. Kind to both. Without compromising. He can't. He's holy. He's calling all. The the idea is this. Call them all to salvation because I want to save them all. I love them all. I love them all. The man on the corner today that's holding a sign, part of God's creation. God loves him. God loves her. Every little kid that came on a bus today, God loves every one of them. Red, yellow, black, and white. Whatever group they're from, loves every one of them. Everybody here today, God loves every one of them. Every one of you. He causes the sun to shine on him and he causes the rain to fall. Boy, hasn't he? And a lot of it here. What a blessing. He causes it to rain on the farmer that's honoring him today by being in church and trying to serve him. And he's also caused it to rain on the one that wouldn't have a thing to do with him because he loves all people indiscriminately. Praise his holy name. Jesus said, if you're going to be my disciple, it requires that you love your enemies. Don't modify my word to suit your liking. Modify your life to fall under authority of his word. Are you his disciple? Do you know what missions is? It's basically this. 
going everywhere to God's enemies. God's enemies? According to Ephesians and Romans, and according to the sixth grade boys <laughs> who went ask, Who are you? Who are we? We are sinners. You know what that's saying? We are rebels. We are enemies of God, naturally, apart from Jesus Christ, every one of us. Enemies of God. Missions, locally and globally, is those who have at one time been at war with God, who have been saved by Him, now on a rescue mission to others that need to be delivered, regardless of their backgrounds. And we get to do that together. So that yesterday, Brother Javi and I, Brother Javi, raise your hand. I know I've used you in the past, but I'm using you again today. Is that okay? Thanks. It's Mom Tangela. Creek background. Native. It's awesome. We were riding together out of Fort Sill area that was established because of Indian raids. Historically, Comanche, Kiowa, um, others that were there. There was a lot of hostility at that time. But yesterday, a bluegrass American, a white preacher, riding together with a man from the Creek Nation, same truck, laughing, having a great time, stopping in at Brahms for milkshakes. Little boy named Lane in the back. Went on that sixth grade boy's hike. Hey, we had a time. Didn't even think about it. You don't think about it unless you're being selfish and proud. But if we're, if we're trying to serve Jesus, we just love people regardless. He loves me regardless. I love him regardless. Are you getting this? He's teaching Sunday school here. Trying to help other little boys grow up and understand what it means to try to serve God with your life. It's awesome. Miss Ahanju, I don't mean to embarrass her. I'm not sure even if she's in here this morning, but um, from Africa and, and French speaking and Brother Carrie Holmes and Miss Ahanju married a few years ago. and She's one of our newest Sunday school teachers. Praise God. Brother Step Barber, mercy sakes alive. Black young man. Preacher of the Word of God. I had somebody ask me today uh, um, about the boys in Trenton, just went into, went into the youth group. What in the world is he doing there? Well, he got older. <laughs> the day, Step Barber, who was saved through the bus ministry in South Carolina, essentially, somebody brought him in a van, van ministry, however you want to say it, had a real rough background. But God saved him, and he's preaching to my son today. And here we are as a country trying to figure this thing out. There's hate and animosity. And prejudice, and racism. But if we'll just get under God's authority, He straightens this all out. He really does. Let's stand together. I appreciate how kindly you've listened today. Basically, what He's calling on us to do is love people. I'm just going to say it that way. Now, I could say love your enemies, and that certainly is an application of the passage. But love people by treating them 
the way that your heavenly Father has treated you. That's basically it. Loving them the way that your heavenly Father has treated you. Does someone have to earn your love to get it? It's not how God loved you. I realize the matter of trust. I realize the matter of forgiveness. Those are some big issues that do need to be dealt with and thought through and worked through biblically. But nonetheless, let's start like right where let's start right where Jesus said to love them and pray for them and bless them and salute them. Father, um, we are sinners. And I know based on what I've read here and studied for the last several weeks, not just this week, getting ready for this particular message, that it is disappointing and, and disturbing from your vantage point the way things are going in America on this very matter. Not just in race, but also in all the other areas that we tried to cover today. And God, while we've had this time away from the world, away from the office, the neighborhood, the marketplace, to listen to your word about what we ought to do. God, I want to thank you for the way that you love us. You loved us. God, I pray for anyone here that needs Jesus as their Savior. I pray you'd help them to come to Christ. And God, I pray that you'd help us because, Lord, if we don't, not, not just if we, Lord, help me here. Um, if we don't love at the level that you love, then we'll stop a bus ministry in Sunday schools and evangelism the way you want it. We may not hate people or deal with prejudice that way, but we're, we're not actively loving the, at the level that you want us to. And so I, I pray for revival right there, dear God. Help us in Jesus' name.